You are listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, episode 21, Savage Dragon 12, 13, 13 again, and Wildcats 14. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast Retro, the show that's ready to enter She-Dragon. I'm Raven Perez. I'm Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And Raven, you took a joke that I was going to make later, you bastard. (laughs) I just wanted to say, dear listeners, you're listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, where we talk about all things Eric Larson, Savage Dragon, but specifically... Talking about these past issues of the golden eras, the bygone days. And boy, oh boy, we got a super-sized, image-x-sized month issue for you, don't we, guys? We sure do, Raven. We sure do. <laughs> Tell them what's on the slab, Jim. Well, uh, not only, well. first off, we got to do Savage Dragon issue number 12, which is a totally normal, completely normal issue of Savage Dragon. But then we get a trifecta. Uh, as a result of that ever-classic, everyone remembers fondly, Image X-Month, Cross-Month, <laughs> however it's said, where all the comic creators of the Image founders all switched books for a month, because that was such a great idea yeah. to c- c- combo break Eric's uh, <laughs> Savage Dragon run. But fortunately, Eric figured out how to patch that little problem. So we're going to be covering the Jim Lee, quote-unquote, Savage Dragon issue number 13. Uh, we're also going to be taking a look at Eric Larson's Wildcast number 14. Yay. And then we're going to be talking about the really real Eric Larson issue 13, which came out apparently eight months after the first issue 13, because that's not confusing at all. No. Clear as mud. If you got an overstreet price guide in one hand, you know exactly what to read. Um, I will say this. I've never found an issue 13 in the wild i really? had to get it off ebay no no not a not sorry a larson 13 in the wild mm-hmm. i found lots oh. of lee 13s yeah <laughs> lots yeah. Uh, i did have to get it off ebay but i didn't have to pay i did not have to pay a lot so i don't know how uncommon it actually is feels not like it was too much of a challenge i got mine with no fanfare how about you craig yeah i mean i don't remember I mean, it was a long time ago when I got it, but I got to imagine the print runs at, at that time. We're still in 1994. We're humongous. So Yeah. Well, was it just like, a, do you know anything about like how it was solicited? Was it just the regular issue for a month or did he like solicit two issues in a month? I don't, to be honest with you. Um, I will tell you if this helps at all. Uh, my 
copy does not feel like newsstand paper. It's like it's direct market slick. It, it definitely so, it, it it definitely feels like a later issue in your hand mm-hmm. uh, because it came out a year later. Uh, I'm I'm getting the feeling that this bad boy uh, was like a direct market only kind of a thing. Oh sure, I don't think any of these issues I have in my hand were newsstand. I'm not even sure was Dragon still getting newsstand at this point. I got a newsstand uh, issue 12, maybe? No, I do not. I thought one of these was newsstand. Hold on. What's the, one with, what's the one with the, the classic, like, uh, different cover? My, like, okay, to give you an idea, my Image X month is newsstand. Uh, oh, the Lee one. Yeah, my Lee, my Lee 13 is uh, newsstand. Okay, mine's direct, so I've got gloss paper. I'm fancy. And in fact, my Wildcats, my Wildcats 14 is newsstand as well. Holy shit! Huh. That's always the rarer one. So, is it? Um, I hate them, dude. They look like shit. Oh like, yeah, they're awful. <laughs> they do not. Like what's funny is these. Uh, my Savage Dragon 12 looks like it was printed last week, <laughs> and my Savage Dragon 13 looks like it was printed like 40 fucking years ago. And yeah, that and that coloring on that issue in particular that must look really bad in faded newsprint. On 13? Yes, it does, dude. Dragon has, like, green eyes at some point. And I don't mean, like, his pupils are green. I mean, like, instead of having white, he's got fucking green, like, where it's just this ugly, shitty airbrush. Like, it's bad. It's an ugly comic through and through. Well, let's talk about a good-looking comic, uh, Savage Dragon number 12. Oh, Um, yeah. So we get some... We get the this iconic she dragon cover with what I prefer her best haircut. I'm uh, I'll what? be honest. I've never been a big fan of the, the mohawk look. Oh, the mohawk is the true icon. I, it's always, a hair fin. But I will. I, I know. I understand. Yeah. I get it. I understand that. <laughs> but I've just always preferred her full hair. And make and, and you know what? It's probably because I came into Savage Dragon during the Savage World. And mm-hmm. she didn't. She had full head of hair for pretty much the entire time until the she dragon one shot. So that was the she dragon I got used to. Mm. Craig, uh, your opinions on she dragon hair? I think he had to get rid of the hair because it's too much like she Hulk and just kind of. I like the the the, fit, the mohawk because it is like a fin. But. That's two for hair fin. That means you're wrong, Jim. I guess that is the law. You're outnumbered, Mr. Passell. Yeah, this cover is the bomb. It's very weird, this issue, because for some reason, I mean, obviously I, like, fucking own it and, you know, have read it before, but, man, this issue felt like the first time I'd read it in my life. I was like, wow, this is a good issue. I've definitely read this issue before, although it would have been in trades the first time, uh, Mm -hmm. because that's how I read most of these books is in collection form. In fact, that's how I've I've already read uh, Larson 13, because that's the issue that's in the trades. Mm. Uh, which is why Wildcats 14 was just such a surprise to me, because I expected a lot more reuse of art. Uh, at any rate, uh, so we open up with some familiar uh, scenes. Can, hmm? can I just touch on one thing on the cover that's always bothered me, and I've always looked at this on the cover? What's um, that? Savage Dragon's wonky eye. It always gets me when I look at that. Like, it sticks out to me. 
Did you guys not notice that? <laughs> his yeah. left one? Oh, yeah, it is kind of like... Well, it's, it's his right to es- one, I guess. It's trying to, like, escape his head. <laughs> I've always, like, focused on that on this cover. So, here's the thing. I never really noticed it, and the reason is is that his um, his left eye is kind of in shadow, so you don't really notice that he's looking, like, the left eye is looking straight ahead while his right eye is looking to the to the right. Yeah. What it is is it's the shine of his pupil. The shine of his pupil, which is consistently on the right side of his body. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, like, technically, I mean, it's drawn just fine. Like, both his pupils are, like, to the right. Like, he's looking at She-Dragon. But the shine of the pupil, god damn it, Craig, you're fucking with my mind, dude. I never saw <laughs> I never saw it that way, and now I can't see it the right way. Yeah, I, I can only see him being like, what's the opposite of cross-eyed? Wall-eyed, I guess. Wall-eyed, yeah. <laughs> And I will oh. say, um, if you know, also think about when you're looking at this cover. This is the first time we're seeing justice, and so mm-hmm. it's probably pretty mind blowing when you're like looking at this, you know, back in nineteen, you know, whatever August ninety four, and you're like, what the fuck, like Super Patriot? Yeah, like, we, what's we ha- going on? Here? We have seen Super Patriot in that costume briefly when we were introduced to him through the news uh, in like issue one, I think, of the miniseries. Only in flashbacks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting that She Dragon gets, you know, the attention drawn to her on the cover with the text and not that. Well, see, that's the mystery, right? It's right. like you say enter She Dragon, it's like, whoa, but then like the mystery for anybody who's actually reading the comic is like, damn dude, that's like Super Patriot down there. Yeah, it's a really good fake out. So, so as I was saying, the uh book opens up with some familiar uh, scenes because we get some kind of panel recreations of the uh, Overlord Dragon battle uh, from the pinup issue. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, because we see Frank returning uh, for some mysterious reason. And we get a huge info dump about that, too. Uh, this, is a lot, this, is, this is a lot of text. <laughs> and to be honest, past Eric of the past, or actually I guess I would blame Iliopolis on this, the red text on black background not great. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it reads fine. Uh, I had to strain. Of course, my lighting's not great. Uh, I I am surprised, though. Uh, I, I will say that, like, when I crack this bad boy open, you know, that's one of those things that uh, I, I feel like I've seen Eric tweet about, like, the wall of text when you open a comic and, like, how it's a modern faux pas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the past, clearly, no one gave a shit. <laughs> As was the style of the time. Yeah, you. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Like to me, if you open a comic, you're reading. It's a, it's a reading experience. I don't I don't get where the first page has to just be like wow, and that's the only text on it. I I do but, think I do kind of think this <laughs> this kind of spells out what's going on a little bit too clearly. It like because it tells us straight up that this is a. Um, Lurch clone and right. then at the end of the issue just skipping ahead they tell us there's some, this isn't Frank so it's it's like he, it, it almost like spoils the twist I look, yeah I totally agree I agree I totally agree too there, there like, must have been a better way to like say ooh Ice Frank here ooh Frank's dead again that's weird and then maybe have it revealed at the end I don't know no, I, I totally agree. I think that... Uh, Although I do think we were told that 
when we saw Frank alive in a previous issue, or maybe a conversation with Vanguard. I can't remember. I think it came up. So maybe it's not a secret, but I still think it... Well, it, it's not a secret at this point that he's alive because, you know, they used Lurch and it was known that he's in hiding and now, mm-hmm. obviously, the Vicious Circle's not looking for him. But right. Like you're saying here, we don't know that, you know, maybe he, you know, changed, had some kind of change of mind or something. He's, he's going to come. Right, 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 right. Exactly. So even if we did know it was there was a Lurch clone involved, we don't know that immediately from looking at this page. It could be Frank himself. I remember Vanguard in the restaurant tells him, he's like, hey, man, you better make sure that thing's dead. Right. right. And, and that's when he got the big hole blown in his, like, outfit. Right. right. And so at this point as a reader, that's what we, the only info that we would have known is Vanguard would have planted the seed that, like, Lurch was still alive. Right. So I guess they, they could have played up, like, is this Lurch Frank or is this Frank Frank? But they didn't. He just went straight to, no, this is Lurch for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think even knowing that, like, it shouldn't have just said, oh, but the Morphling is here. It's like, eh, just let us, you know, because Overlord's dialogue, how many times must I kill you? Right. Kind of just tells a reader what they need to know, right? Yeah. You know, I always kind of thought that implied that this is not the first time that he's come back, that this yeah, has happened several times. But I get the impression that he's only talking about the two times. Yeah. Oh, only two times? Yeah. I thought that he, like, how many times must I kill you? Yeah. <laughs> So you see, you read that and you think, oh, this is like, what, the sixth, seventh time Lurch has come back? But no, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is meant to be the second time, and he's just commenting on it the It is, because time. he says, I mean, if he's saying something is very wrong here after the sixth time, I mean, he's kind of dense. You're right. <laughs> you're right. You got it. I did think it was more than once, but you're right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So I, I love this issue, and I know we're probably not going to go page by page as we typically don't on a retro but there's so many different subplots and little things going on in this issue which is some of my favorite type of issues for savage dragon but i love getting to hear each cop have its own little like dialogue and in the little personalities that come out of the cops yeah this is like one of the making fun of his letters this is like one of the first times you really get like all the cops to like just get a sense of them as a group and I just always thought Eric did a good job in the early issues of really spotlight, like spotlighting dragons, like mundane office duties as well, or right. just kind of around the the precinct. And I, I always thought that was really cool. You know, and it also kind of like plays back to that Jerry Rivers appearance because that's why he's getting all this fan mail. So there's, there's like a reason for this to happen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's nice. Um, I agree. It's kind of. Kind of, I always like uh, was cool to see Dragon like just with the other officers in the precinct, you know. Um, I do mean to, I do need to comment um, on Dragon's little baby hand, though. I feel that it can't go without comment. His little baby hand, which one? <laughs> on a in in, the, in on a page t- um, with all the you mean enough enough? I beg of you, that yeah, hand? yeah, that hand. It's just because his forearm is so meaty. Yeah, he's definitely toned down the size of his arms as time has gone That is Popeye-esque. Like it's, it's a weird time of Savage Iron, though, because it, it went from like him being like the build of like an average like bodybuilder guy to like this like super ballooned Hulk-type arms. Just, you know, and it seemed like he was still kind of finding 
like feeling out his proportions. Well, but remember, it's been addressed in the letters. The letters column said people were like, "Whoa, what's up with his size increase? Is like he getting new powers or getting more powerful?" And Larson was like, "No, dude, no, I'm I just, am." Yeah, <laughs> it, it was like I'm just making him bigger because he was always meant to be supernaturally big, and like other image guys are why Dragon is getting inflated. Oh, because they draw him so big, or they're not drawing him big enough. Or well, their characters were, are so big and he looks puny compared to Yeah, them. that's exactly what it was. It's like the other image guys were drawing such like ridiculously huge like arms and shit that he felt Dragon looked like a wimp next to him, so he had to beef him up. You do gotta, you gotta admit, though, his fin is on point now. Yeah, it's getting there. Basically, how it'll be forever now. It's not a hundred percent. It's got a little. No, extra it's still. You'll see. It. You'll see. You'll see. That, <laughs> that that page where he's driving, which I love. This page where the cop car is like flying over the hill. I love when he does that. But if you look in the panels where like dragons driving, he's got way too many segments. Oh, that's true. I guess I do see that. Also, he's wearing those cool, cool glasses. <laughs> Am I crazy, or does this first panel with uh, Justice look Jim Lee esque? Maybe it's just me. Maybe the pose, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I could see it. I will say that I do kind of love just, like, the cartooning there. Again, yeah, we don't go page, like, page by page on this, but, like, there's some really cartoony, like, Run, Larry, I am, I am! Just how doofy those guys. And then, like, just like you said, Craig, that cop car, I'm so glad you mentioned it. The minute I saw it, I was like, oh, dude, those wheels are, like, wafer thin. Dude, no, I totally hear it. Like those guys running, like the diddly, 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 diddly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, we get justice. He's like trying to be a superhero and being not great at it yet. Uh, but we also have like a break in with. Uh, we've this is the first appearance of open face and octopus, octopus, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's like there's just a lot going on in here. First, justice. We don't know anything about him. You know, it's like, who the hell is this guy? They call him Super Patriot when they see him. You know, obviously he's clumsy as he falls in the dumpster. Right. And he mistakes and then, uh, computer chips for drug deal. Yeah. And then, like you guys are saying, now we got open face we've never seen before. An octopus who we still haven't seen. We just see the arms. So we're like, what the hell is this thing, you know? That's what's so funny is, Craig, you've mentioned in FinCast regulars about the slow buildup to the reveal of uh, Octopus, and I just yeah. completely fucking forgot. I forgot that, like, for, there's for a while you just don't see Octopus. You just see his tentacles. These massive tentacles, and you're like, well, what the hell is this thing? Right. Is it a Kraken? <laughs> the Chicago Kraken? And I love how, like, you know, they're so brutal. So, I mean, this is a vicious circle. They've... They, killed these security guards whoever in cold blood you know there's just puddles of blood mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's very like jarring you know in, in these early issues of how they handle civilians they earned their name like you said vicious circle yeah uh, major props to the classic superhero misunderstanding fight Yep. get a, get a little of that awesome action and you, you love how it's almost never Dragon. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't really have that that Dragon much. Dragon hates this crap. <laughs> this is why he hates superheroes. Yeah. All they do is cause mischief. <laughs> Guys, I am going to shit all over this 
uh, fucking poster. <laughs> You're going to shit on it? No, I hate this dude. It's so Why? lame. Well, like, okay, I don't mean the art. The art's okay. fine. Oh, good save. <laughs> no, no, the art is fine. It's all the words uh. all all over it. They lame it up so hard. Arf, like, start sucking, die on the bullet, and then chubby on the gun. I yeah. did mom on the on his shirt. What is this? Yeah, what is the this? art? Joe Casada's art is great, though. I I always enjoy his art. His art's good. I do not like this kid character. I mean, he's drawn well, but like, who the fuck is kid that? It's Fluffy the robot T Rex. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. The horrendous. I'm just saying. Is this good. is this a Joe Casada character? I must like, be. Did he ever do anything with this? Probably not. No. Clear, I'm sure he did. And plus, everyone knows Ash is the coolest. <laughs> I mean, I know the character Ash. He's like what? He's kind of like Savage he's a Dragon firefighter. firefighter. He's a firefighter. <laughs> kind of yeah. lame too. Uh, yeah. Kind of lame too. Um, Joku Sada Dra- is a kick-ass artist. I just, bro, like character Dra- creation, not his thing. Dragon's arms a little fucking weird. Which one? It's, oh, it's in, the, in the arm. In the, yeah. His arm. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't really have an elbow so much as it just kind of grows into his forearm. He's just got a bunch of tumors on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> no ball sacks on his arm. Yeah. It's, I, mm, I, I don't love it. But I do I like some Joe Casada, and I don't know. Overall, I think the art is pretty cool, and he got the fin decent. I think he, for early dragon pinups, I think, you know. He would be a good dragon artist. As long as he doesn't have kid death style characters in there. Yeah. Skid it out. Skid it out, dude. And I, uh, I missed this. On the back of the poster, there's an ad for the image inside inside image issue that actually tells you all about the Image X month. Right? You've never which seen is, anything like this. Which is kind of like a dig on Marvel with the, the X. Who did, who did the spawn X issue? Both. Sylvester. Okay, because I know I know Dragon and Wildcats, and so they tried to give guys with single characters team books, mm. and vice versa. So, and I know uh, what uh, Liefeld Shadowhawk was so late they had to make it a zero issue. I think so. Yeah, and Jim Valentino did Youngblood, and obviously uh, the funny thing is for. <laughs> McFarlane's such a control freak that he wrote the Spawn issue. Yeah. So he, he, he basically cheated. <laughs> he basically cheated and wrote his own issue and just Sylvester drew it. Lame. Lame as hell, dude. <laughs> Wait, then who did Cyber I think Force? Should... Cyber Force was McFarlane. No, Mc... So he also wrote that too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, you know what? I, I, I guess I thought they, like... I didn't really think about this, but I thought they, like... They actually swapped books. They didn't, They didn't like... Like, I don't know how They didn't just throw, like, uh, cards in a hat and everyone just picked something. Right. Whoever did one, Cause, they, they flipped. Because the Wildcats other. is Lee, Lee's book and Dragon is Larson's book, so they switched. Yeah. And Spawn and Cyberforce and Basically, Shadowhawk yeah, and Youngblood. They, they teamed a single character creator with a team character... A team creator. Yeah. Okay. And I gotta... Well, we'll, we'll get to it. At any rate, 
What what a wild idea. Uh, not not great for anybody. Yeah, just uh, talk about a lose lose proposition. Nobody had nobody nobody enjoyed this. I'm sure. You know what? The I, move I understand. Been? What's that? This would have been the move to make. Have each guy do a one shot that doesn't fuck with the regular numbering, where he does a standalone like issue, yeah, like based uh, in another guy's sandbox. In, in a way, Rob Liefeld doing the zero issue of Shadowhawk was probably the right way to go. Everyone no, should have dude. done I zero mean, issues. You know, it's funny. I, call them X issues. Ah, uh, un- man. Then, if right, Raven, we gotta get you in a time machine and send you back to 1994 and yeah, save man. this project. I gotta get. Hold on, I'll be right back. Well, let me play devil's advocate though, because I kind of understand it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, if it's a standalone issue, someone might not pick it up. But if you're a collector of Spawn, you're not going to want to break your run or Cyberforce or Savage Dragon, and so it gives you kind of uh, it, it puts the other characters' creators, uh, other creators' characters in front of your eyes. Although I think that's a flaw of the the X books as well. Yep. Uh, I wish that they would just stay away from putting their own characters in the book because, you know, we'll talk about right. it. As yeah. we, we see, it, it fucking I, sucks. <laughs> well, okay, so it, I understand we'll get to it. You're right, it, it does suck, but in a way it doesn't suck because we'll get to, the, to, to my opinion on that. Yeah, uh, we'll agree. I mean, I mean, we'll see. Like, we'll talk all about it in a minute. I guess we shouldn't get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we still got a whole half an issue to talk about before we get to the X month. <laughs> I will say that I do think that She Dragon is a uh, awesome visual right off the bat. Uh, having her beat up Justice is just interesting because he looks so old compared to the rest of the cast of Savage Dragon. So it's just so interesting to have him there. Right. Uh, I love this. And then, like again, you just uh, instantly those two are knuckleheads, and Dragon just comes off as like cool, competent. Like he immediately like gets into like you know the thing he should be do the thing that they should be doing, which is to say pursuing fucking open face and octopus. So I, fantastic, you know stuff for me. Yeah, it's you know it's Dragon playing the cop, and that's what's great about it. He's a cop with a bunch of dingbat superheroes. He doesn't wear a costume. These guys do. Like you know, mm-hmm. I always love that, and that was so. F- fresh of an idea yeah, that, you know, at the time. That was always the thing about Dragon is that he's always like tr- treated as the most competent person in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, now granted, sometimes that's to his detriment. He has a lot of ego to him and it does bite him in the ass a lot. Uh, but most of the time, he's right. Yeah. I will say... I it, does, love, it, does, uh, it, it does influence a lot of his cool factor. And I'll be honest... Um, once we eventually found out what his origins were, mm-hmm. retroactively it makes sense because Dragon does have a lot of Kurt in him because he is very air- arrogant a lot. Yeah. Very confident the way Kerr was, only just not with this psychopath aspect. Right. That was always the thing I liked most about the Kerr thing is that you could totally tell these are the same guys uh, personality-wise. It's just that one doesn't remember he's a psychopath. One was raised by TV, and the other one was like evil Jesus. So really, Dragon and Hordus have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah. You'd think they'd be Absolutely. better friends. <laughs> nah, there's that arrogant issue, you know? I mean, you know, you can't be friends with a peon. I think him biting this tongue out and spitting it out is like... It's one of the great iconic moments for Dragon. Yes, dude. 
<laughs> it's awesome well, just as hell. Seeing it's such a shock to see open face. It's face also a total curve. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, panel, I, that panel constantly shows up. Yeah, dude, it's like day. one of the legit like top ten like Savage Dragon violent like things. You know, what, what do you think about the layout of these pages though? Just just with the in the in the in the you see the hronk biting the tongue out panel and it's like surrounded by the panels and then the previous panel is kind of similar where you have the big middle splash with the with kind of the border around it it's, modern it's, it's, eric it's wouldn't unique have done that. You know, he absolutely would not do that now yeah modern eric uh he's he's said before that he like looks and makes sure to take page flow panel flow like from a left page to a right page yeah into right. account so I see what you're saying. And that, where, it really like, isn't here. Uh, yeah, you got a tall skinny right next to a tall skinny. Yeah, yeah your eyes want to flow across the pages too soon. Exactly. Right. Still but, a lot of good use of silhouette too. Like the like yeah. him spitting the tongue out in silhouette. Yep. It's awesome. Just cool. <laughs> Guys, can I ask? I, you I feel something? like the 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 biting the tongue out looks very anime esque to me or manga esque, I guess. Like uh, dragon's mm. face. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You, I can actually agree in that. Uh, I, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because the way the shading is done, he's got like, he's got like, uh, uh, how do you describe it? Like whiskers, like Naruto whiskers. <laughs> yeah. kind of. <laughs> No, we gonna say, <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, is poop, just as an expression, that's got to be like, what, a reference to She-Hulk? Was she saying poop a lot? I think it's more just the kind of things Amy says, because she always says poop. Because she's, kind of like she's supposed to be kind of an airhead, and airheads say feel, poop. Well, I feel like I see that in comics of this era. Like, uh, you see somebody be like, poop, and it's like, hmm. I feel like Eric uses that a lot, maybe because he like just it's kind of like a under your breath, like oh, poop. <laughs> if, it, if it hits my modern ear, very weird. I remember saying poop a lot as a young person. It's just kind of funny to read it, just be like poop. <laughs> <laughs> I think you say it weird. Poop. Like I don't think she's saying it that way. <laughs> How's she saying it? It's like a cutesy way of like. Oh, damn it! It's like it's like, it's like poop. Like she's self. It's like she. It's cute because she's like self censoring herself. Poop. Usually it's like ah oh, poop. Well shit. Then of course we get here to the end and uh, uh, what's this guy's name? Hard drive? No. Data man. Data hmm? man. Data man. Data, Data man. man. Yeah, he's examining the lurch remains and he confirms. That no, this is not Frank Darling. Well, one thing we you, you skipped is we get to see Octopus's face, but it's never tied. Like it's just some rando. We don't know that it's Octopus. Right. Exactly. On the panel before, it's like, oh, who the hell is this guy? He's uh, lurking in the on the roof. Data Man's awesome. I love all the the plugs in the back of his head and his little weird, his skinny skeletal weird fingers. So gross. <laughs> He's, so He's also got a unique speech pattern, which I always like when comic characters have like sort of a a unique like you can read them and know exactly who it is. Mm, yes, remains quite fine. Still, pictures clear. This 
Not human. human. <laughs> Not darling. Never and then, was. And then Skullface is like, he has no facial expression, but we have to assume he's pissed. Well, I thought he, I, I thought I actually get more of a, like he's excited because he gets to go kill Frank. <laughs> he gets to blow up another dock. So oh, how, dude, so how about this you know fan art? Can I just say real quick before we? I know, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> it. Can I? <laughs> can I just say? Um, I feel like, yo, look at those stars. It's a little bit pre, uh, pre Starfield. You know how he kind of has like just that set Starfield these days. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely just sort of like just a whatever kind of a Starfield. Yeah, it's definitely a little different. Um. Yeah, dude. This fan art. I mean, so I can't. So I can't be too harsh on it because um, I'm currently in the process of doing an Arttober thing this year, and Mm -hmm. I drew an image that just coincidentally happened to look very similar in pose to the fourth one, the one on the bottom, the bottom right beach. Yeah, with a with a one hand down and one leg up, and Mm -hmm. mine looks just as bad as this. So I can't. I can't criticize. You know why we got to beat it up though? It's the denim shorts. Do we have never cool. Never cool. Never cool. Never. Never cool. Not nope. even in the eighties, really. Well, these look like they were made. <laughs> like he just made them, you know, like cut them. It's like an action pose, but he's on the beach. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling. We've talked more about that image than anyone else has ever in their life. <laughs> exactly. Carl no, Moss. I'm kidding. Hey Jim, take a look at uh the one by RTD. Yep. Tell me that's not All Might face. Oh my, you're right. Dang. <laughs> uh, what? So, Craig, and listeners, if you don't know, there is a Japanese uh, comic called uh, My Hero Academia, and the hero is called All Might. And uh, He very makes, much, makes that face. <laughs> that is his face verbatim. Oh. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. What's with the back hair? On Chris Walker's, like he really went ape on that back hair, dude, and the, <laughs> and the forearms too are real hairy. Yeah, just weird. <laughs> I love them, dude. I love that there's like all kinds of different uh, art of different skills. I mean, you know what? We're being dicks about it, but like, I actually like when you see like crude dragons and stuff because it shows the readers were young. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. A lot, a lot I like a lot of. Um... A lot of um, enthusiasm. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you're a kid. I was a kid reading this stuff. Like, so it's kind of cool, man. I like it. I mean, we're busting chops, but I do like it. And the one ad, we're not talking about letters this whole issue because, frankly, out of four issues, they were mostly dogs. But the one ad that this issue gets, Cyberforce is back. And it's an ongoing series. Oh, baby. Did it, anyone here read Cyberforce? I did, and I loved it. I got the miniseries. I don't think I moved on to the ongoing. I didn't really. I read the miniseries, and I mean, I just like that Sylvester art. I like Velocity. I still think she's a fucking great visual. She is, actually. She's like the one character I can point at and say, I want to read more about her. Unfortunately, there's actually, I think, a pretty good Kurt Busiek series about her, which I picked up that I should own. In fact, yeah. I think Dragon's in it, which is why I bought it. Yeah, oh, I think you're right. Cool. 
And sh- my man Stryker. I know you hate his like uh, asymmetrical multi-robot <laughs> oh, arms. So dumb. <laughs> but I don't care. I love him, dude. So I think even though you got like rip claws, like a shitty Wolverine, like he's got evil T one thousand. Shitty like, Wolverine number four. <laughs> that can't hold anything in his razor blade fingers. Can't scratch his nose. Can't hold his dick to pee. Just life is hell when you're rip claw. <laughs> You know that is I mean? such a that's weird funny. design. I wonder if they ever address that in the comic. The dong holding that he has, like no, that. no, just like not being able to hold anything because every finger is a razor blade. What's so stupid is War Blade is just the same freaking thing. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, like it's literally like Evil T One Thousand claws. It's so shitty. But does that's does Rip Claws change shape? Like, do they? Yeah, Rip Claws come out. I mean, they can get big. They must. I thought that. So I thought the Wildcats guy. What's the Wildcats guy's name? Warblade. And I only I know that because not, I, I, and I only know that because Eric labeled them all. I thought he had like the T two type, the T whatever two that one thousand. Well, they make they make a joke about that in the issue. But I thought Rip Claws hands don't change because I don't oh. think I've ever seen them change. I guess I'm wrong. Yeah. It's still shitty though to have like claw hands all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like how at least that you know the Wildcats guy can change his hand fingers and make them dull or something. This guy just has like fucking jackknife fingers. Yeah, you definitely see Warblade with regular hands on the beach. And basically Psylocke like Well, they're they're all it's like Lady Deathstrike. She has those kind of hands. No, I mean, like, I'm uh, talking about, like, Cyberforce, like, the other team member that is basically Psylocke. Oh, right. Oh, it's yeah. Like, and, and, of course, Wildcats is one of those, too. Yeah, that's uh, just... what Voodoo is all about, I assume. Yeah. Mm, I could beat up all day. Oh, yes. We, we could do this all day. But we won't. Um, are we doing Jim Lee? We're going to just talk briefly that, you know, some of the details about it. Um, it exists. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> So I this Please, is let's be brief. I, I I read it for the first time today, and <laughs> I'll admit it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Oh god damn, it's, it's worse. It's than I also <laughs> just not very interesting. Ugh, you at you all. said it at all. Am I crazy? At all. Am, am I crazy, or is this the first appearance of uh, Captain Stewart? No, you're crazy because Captain Stewart's definitely been in other issues. Okay, yeah, yep, for sure. Because it is, it's, it's interesting what side characters show up in this, though, because, um... um oh, yeah, we're going to criticize that. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, Captain Stewart's in this, uh, Johnson's in this, and yep. Anne, Alex, of course. Of course, this is the one where she gets shot and doesn't die. Uh, we don't talk about that. God, <laughs> oh, so shitty. <laughs> um, so basically, the whole story is, uh... Rip, uh Sorry, uh, what's his face? Grifter comes to Chicago and meets his brother, and his brother is, I guess, moving weapons under the uh, vicious circle's nose or something. It's a weird like shoehorn of the Daemonites basically are trying to like muscle in arms dealing into Chicago, and the VC, the vicious circles, like, hey man, what the fuck? You know, you know, <laughs> so, the, like, but yeah, they don't show up ever, right? Yeah, yeah, it's so forced. the The idea of the demonites, I don't know a lot about them, but them just trying to be like gun runners, mob boss sort of thing is kind of it's weird, kind of dumb, and like 
Yes. It's just not very, like, cool. But then I think no. about the fact that Darkseid and created Inner Gang and did the exact same thing at DC, so... I don't well, know. DC sucks, so... Well, this is Jack Kirby, so I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to agree with that one. <laughs> I like his art, but whatever. That's a shitty idea. Like, nobody's ha- perfect all the time. Have, so have, there. Your, have your cosmic <laughs> space entities creating mob bosses? I Like, here's my problem with it. Like, I think you put your finger on it right there. You're gonna, you got your superhero comic, yep. and it's in Chicago, which is full of freaks, and you got Damonite, so you should again have more interesting things. And this could have very well just been a like a fucking crime comic. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's so many normal dudes in this; it's absurd. How about how about that <laughs> cool looking armor, though? It, he didn't uh, do anything but die. That's exactly right. He it's got shot about in the back space, with the bazooka. The space bat guy. Yeah, yeah space Batman. Um, I don't know which I don't I would, know which came first, but his design kind of reminds me of a Holocaust from the X Men, uh, from the Age of Apocalypse. I don't know if either of you read that. Surely, uh, Age of Apocalypse predates this. Surely, I Maybe. um, I, I reread this and I was surprised. Like I think you mentioned, Jim, how many uh, so, you know supporting cast of Dragon was in this. But that's the problem. It's like mostly supporting cast, and Dragon appears very sparsely. Yes, probably and for the best, like, based on how he's depicted. <laughs> Does anyone think that when you see the, you know, first of all, can we touch on one thing? I don't think Jim Lee drew this as much as just did roughs, and I think that's kind of laid out in the. What are you saying? It's It's listed as pencils, Jim Lee, right here. Pencils, and then instead of inks, it's just finishes, and it's you know four different people. Yeah. And when you look at this, you can tell a lot of this is not Jim Lee art. Like, yeah, it's just not very good. Um, and again, it's touched upon in the letters column that Jim Lee just had a kid and was working on the Wildcat Saturday morning cartoon, and so he was clearly fucking preoccupied. Uh, Craig, didn't you say that Wildcats 14 was like Jim Lee's farewell issue? Yeah, when we were talking off air, um, it I read that, yeah, right after Larson, I mean, right before Larson was Jim Lee's last issue on the, the uh, Wildcats. So for the crossover, image crossover, Eric Larson did Wildcats 14. Wildcats 13 was Jim Lee's last issue. So he's basically <laughs> done on hiatus so, at the same time, he's drawing Savage Dragon. I think this might have been the last thing he did before going on hiatus. Um, yeah, I hate this comic, dude. Uh, this is just the poor. <laughs> this is poor comics in every way. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, just bored reading through it. it I'm like, ugh. it's boring like, as fuck. But I'm telling you that, like, as a comic, like as a constructed, like a physically, like as a product, it fails. Like it does the things where, like, there's back and forth. Done in very inelegant ways with the long tails all trailing in between each other. It does, it commits the early image sin of someone like jumping through the air and shooting and like talking a bunch. It's like, (laughs) it's, and that happens not, that doesn't happen like once. That happens so many times in this comic where someone's like jumping and stuff. We're not doing blow by blow, but I mean, I'd just be remiss to not say. There's that page where the last panel where Dragon is punching at Spetsnats, and he's like, damn, you butcher, I'm going to, what? I missed. 
And it's like whoosh on his fist. And I'm just like, <laughs> Jesus, man, you couldn't have conveyed that more elegantly. Like, oh, it's what I missed, uh, we can see that you missed. Yeah, we can fucking see, my man. <laughs> Everyone yells out when they missed. <laughs> That's such a weird thing, too, because I, I kind of interpreted it as, like, he was doing something, like, unexpected to, like, cause Dragon to miss. Right. But, but then it's never, like, followed up on. It's not like he's got, like, cybernetic enhancements or some crap. Oh, I missed. Yeah, Spetsnaz sucks. So you're going to have a guy show up that you know is going to get greased at the end of the issue. Right. At least make him look cool. And the worst part is he looks just like Mac, so I kept mixing him up the entire issue. <laughs> so boring. Uh, like, nobody's named good. Like, Spetsnaz, that's the name, really? And then he's got all these forced, like, uh, I mean, Renko. And then he's got, like, all these forced, like, Dasvidanya, yeah. And it's like, ugh. Uh, it's funny. I I look at uh, the drawings of Nurse Anne. And it's like when Eric draws that kind of silly like nurse costume, it looks okay to my eye. When someone else tries to draw it, it just looks so ridiculous. The super clingy nurse outfit. <laughs> yeah. And when I look at Nurse Anne in this book, there's no way in Christ that Jim Lee drew that. No, no. way. Nurse Anne looks like the porn star Natalie Mars. Have fun with that <laughs> when you Google that. Nurse Anne looks like a Rob Liefeld clone tried to draw her. Like, there's no way a Jim Lee draw. I guarantee you. Like, the ru- his rust are probably a stick figure. Yeah. Oh, you're right. There's no Jim Lee guidance on this at all. And, like, it, it's just, like, there's this bizarre subplot with people not wearing vests. Like, you know, Grifter doesn't wear a vest, and then Alex gets shot, but it doesn't matter that she's got protection because uh, Ranko's using the uh, polymer ammunition. But then later in the issue, uh, you know, he he's like, oh, but I was wearing a vest because I'm not dumb like my brother. And it's like, God damn, really? Are we going to keep going on and on about the, who does and doesn't wear vests? Like, what the fuck kind of subplot is this? <laughs> it's so stupid. It's the worst, dude. This is one it's of the a, worst. It's a, it's a straight up grifter comic too. <laughs> it's a grifter comic, but like, what's funny is I swear to God, even a grifter comic like couldn't have been this bad. The yeah. choices that again, we'll talk about um, Savage Dragon fourteen, uh, but like, I mean, we'll talk about uh, Wildcats fourteen. But like, the choices when you're going to pull from the cast, like Eric drew the entire team of Wildcats. Mm-hmm. And he made him awesome. He did. And he made him interesting and likable. And Dragon is, they also feel like they're like good, like treatments and good handling of the characters. And Dragon and everybody, Anne, and like he pulled from, like you said, Craig, the side cast, and everybody feels weird. <laughs> I lo- <laughs> the panel where Grifta pulls out the rocket launcher, it looks like he's aiming it straight at Dragon's head. <laughs> And Dragon is just cracking his knuckles like, well, time yeah, to die, like, I dude, guess. get out of the way. <laughs> That's bad trigger safety, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and even, again, like, I'm, when I'm talking about this being a bad comic, I mean, even the dialogue, who says, how unnatural, it's full of unnatural dialogue. Hey, big guy, get ready to be happy. What? <laughs> who speaks like that? <laughs> It's like, cheer up. Or you'd say something like, cheer up. Or, uh, don't yeah. worry, I got something that'll, you know, 
I got something that'll turn your mood around or something like that. Get ready to be happy. <laughs> you, you know you know what kills me most about this issue? To this day, you have people being like, Dragon never looked better. One of the best issues of Savage Dragon ever. And it's like, what the fuck? That is literally someone judging a book by its cover. <laughs> it's like, I swear people what... even read the inside are like, I don't know. It just disturbs me when people... I, I think this is probably the worst issue of Savage Dragon Easily. Uh, easily, yeah. Easily. I shouldn't even say probably. It is. It's just not good. It is way. a bad comic. Like I said, like there is just no defending some of the choices that were made. There's there's shitty names, there's shitty like you know, talking while people are flying through the air. There's bad like fucking characterization inconsistent art shitty anatomy like the, the crazy thing is i can guarantee you back in 1994 when i heard that jim lee was the one that was going to get dragon i was probably so fucking excited and relieved that of all the image guys like it would be jim lee gets dragon you know right and then when you actually read it, it's like it's probably the worst of the bunch you're going to make me hunt down those other Image X titles. I have some of them. Not all of them. I must have. I'll tell you what. Cyberforce one. Rob Lightfield's Shadowhawk, where the writing is probably completely horrible. I haven't looked at it in years. The <laughs> art is actually pretty cool. And even, like, you just even the cover. Like, Shadowhawk probably never looked cooler before that. R- r- um, really? Yeah. Um. <laughs> you don't agree? Um, no. <laughs> I don't. Uh, okay. He, it's kind of like I don't know how do I even phrase this. It's just that that cover with because if those who don't know the cover is like a top down shot of like Shadowhawk crawling on the ground. Mm-hmm. It makes me think he looks like a frog. I love it. I don't know. I always did. I I, I think even in the insides he kind of did like a. It's Miller like a sexy ass cover. I don't know. I don't feel the same, but. I thought he did a pretty cool job on the art duties on that. Um, and then I thought, you know, McFarlane, he did an okay job. Silvestri always does a good job. And I'm not a huge fan of Valentino's art, but I thought he did a good job on Youngblood with the story-wise. Guys, the villains are talking about something inside the warehouse. And then the double page splash where, you know, dragons on the left and grifters on the right. And it's like, blam, 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 fam, fam, fam. Cause I guess they're laser guns scratch dragon and grifter have somehow heard with perfect clarity th- from, despite being clearly outside, they've heard with perfect clarity what was being said and are even retorting to it as quips. <laughs> I hate this comic. It's such a <laughs> shitty. By the way, Officer Iguana is here to take the rest of you to jail. <laughs> Such humor. Ugh. Do, you want, do you want to talk about the new Fall 94 spawn action figures have arrived? Let's do that, um, because that is the lone ad. Once again, we are only treated to one ad. I want you to really appreciate that Todd Toys logo. Yeah, I wanted to mention that, because, um, as, of course, as we all know, it's currently... His company's called McFarlane Toys now. So I guess right. they were called Todd Toys at one point. Sounds to me like someone is dodging taxes or something. <laughs> you know how people like just rename a business and then like it's still the same business? 
Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it, I, re- I remember it being Todd Toys when it came out. Right. And then, like, you're right, Jim. Over the years, it somewhere became McFarlane Toys, and there's got to be a, like, tax reason for it. I think you just realized that Todd was just kind of a boring name, and McFarlane is a name people trust. I, yeah. I love those original toys, and they were really just toys. Like Spawn with his like cape that like two little pieces kind of fold in. Mm-hmm. Did you did you no. did you own any of these? I did not. No, I wasn't. I was already like kind of out of my toy toy phase there. Well, I'm currently into my toy phase, and McFarlane Toys is a, kind of a big part of that right now. Really? Yeah, he Dude, makes I, good toys now. They have articulation. I, I, where in the past they now. were just statues. I do. The only Todd McFarlane toy I have is the Savage Dragon figure, and that thing is awful. It's got no articulation. I hate it. I wish someone would make a good one. Jim, See, worse for me, than I that, don't care because I just kind of put it on a bookshelf. Worse than that, it's got that weird articulation where, like, he's got that joint in his leg, and you just like rotate it around. It, yeah, like it doesn't do. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, nothing. I will say this: it has very good proportions. It is the best yeah, looking I dragon th- figure sure. yeah, by miles. I agree. I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of articulation. Exactly. Like, you can do a lot more, more when they don't have to move. But a bendy, making Violator a bendy was inspired. <laughs> it looks horrible, though. It reminds me of, like, those Easter Bunny, like, yeah, That's what that it is, get. dude. <laughs> it's like, what? What is this? He has risen. That's what Violator's saying. Violator, to me, has always been such a horrible-looking character. Like, I am not intimidated. Like, it does not look scary or menacing at all. No, it's stupid as shit, dude. That is your main villain. It's like, what the Christ? Doesn't he also turn into a fat clown? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. See, the fat clown looks a little creepy to me. But this Violator guy with, like, I don't know. He's always just looks so goddamn silly to me. And then Nell Boja Boja with the Barbie hair. You know, he has, like, the the Mary Jane weird hair. And he's got a a weird pot belly, but, like, no upper body. Yeah, doesn't he have, like, a fucking, like, happy trail or something? Yes, dude. Yeah, it's... (laughs) Malbolgia looks shittier than Violator, if you can believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I can at least see with Violator, like, he was clearly ripping off Venom Mouth, right? Like, yeah, clearly. It's so stupid. It is, yeah, but it was just dumb as shit. And that's, it's so funny because Spawn as a design is such a home run. Yeah. And then you look at, the, like, the design work on Violator and Malbolgia. Yeah, it's, and it's like, like, man, these, these are demons in hell, and this is what you're giving me? Really? Yeah, exactly. So silly. You put that so yeah. You put that great. <laughs> oh, well, this. I think uh, we uh, we shatted on Jim Lee's Savage Dragon enough. Yeah, what a fucking turd of a comic. Anybody who says this is the best issue is a uh, stone moron, and uh, you should definitely go get your brains checked out at the Brain Doctor. Now let's now let's read a much better comic. Right. So this Wildcats fourteen is actually, in my opinion, really good. Yes. From, like, all angles. I mean, the story isn't yeah. anything to write home about. It's basically a superhero misunderstanding fight comic. But it looks great, and it's fun, and mm-hmm. I want I want to read more about this Wildcats. Yes. Too, too bad they don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I'm telling you, like, Jim, you nailed it. And, like, on top of that, oh, wow, he fucking introduces the concept of Wildcats to the reader so 
if you were a new reader, say your uh, image X, you know, has worked and you're a Larson guy picking up this Wildcats thing and you had no previous interest, well, this first page introduces you to the fucking universe of Wildcats. Wow. What a crazy idea. It works both ways, too. If you're a Wildcats reader and you don't know anything about Freak Force, you know. It's almost like that Larson guy's pretty talented. Yeah. But... So so this is where I was kind of getting at previously is that I kind of like that, but in the same way I hate that. And I wish – part of me wishes that these creators for the crossover just did an issue of just Wildcats or just Sad Dragon without throwing their characters in. But the other part of me is like, well, they've got to try to – it's almost like a sales thing where you try to introduce your characters to people that to, wouldn't normally. It's, it's such a weird up. premise though because – so many, all these books are driven by the creator, all right? right. So Lee, Lee or uh, McFarlane or Larson, etc. So the idea of switching books, I guess the premise is to try to get readers of one of these artists to possibly read the books from the other artists that they might not have otherwise. But at the same time, right. the appeal is to have these particular creators on these particular books and so what you wind up with is someone who, like us, who reads Savage Dragon, we just see a speed bump with a Savage Dragon 13. Right. Right. I mean, it's not like it's Spider-Man where you have a bunch of editors. It's like you're you're jumping in the middle of someone's vision, and it's like early on on their vision. So you're like, you know, uh, Savage Dragon 13, the thing's only been out for a year, and now some schmo is coming in and writing their own issue that I, knows I, nothing really about I probably direction. should check my issues because I, ha- I have some of these uh, Wildcat issues from this period. I want to kind of want to see what the Wildcat's letter writer response to this issue was because I suspect they hated it. That's just a guess. I'm guessing the, the tone is com- yeah. If you look at the tone of Savage Dragon tw- uh, 13 by Jim Lee, and then you look at this Wildcat, the tone is so different, you know. Yeah. And if you're used to the writing of what we got in Jim Lee's Savage Dragon 13, and you like that, you probably are not going to like Eric's version. But it's fucking crazy because again, like if you just look at this from a comic standpoint like there this 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 wildcats issue is just so much more solid oh absolutely <laughs> than in every way it's I so mean, much like, more fun yeah I, it's a better use of the characters like them wanting to go on vacation because they're tired i'm like that's great <laughs> that's great unfortunately i do want to say that i think this uh, first page here um, I think the sound effect sort of ruins it. If yeah, it, it's like, what the hell is this? Yeah, you can't really out. see what he's punching. Unfortunately, it kind of really—you have to really look at it, and it just kind of—it just breaks up the pa- the the panel too much, and mm-hmm. you can't really see where his, the, the back of his head is. Uh, Agree. Yeah. I think a smaller yeah. sound effect would have been better here. Just boom, you know, just something instead of like a giant like. Well, and all the boots. colors are the same, like mall suit. With this guy in the background, everything just blends together. It's yeah. a little, little weird. But yeah, gotta love this splash page though. Uh, I I do have to say though, as much as I like the way Larson draws women, mm-hmm. these as in as much as I actually like how he draws the wildcat women, they are kind of wonky. In <laughs> especially yeah. Voodoo's face. Voodoo's a home run, dude. She's so cute. He's done such a good job with her there. And it's great to and it's great to see Virago back. <laughs> Virago, 
No, that, that didn't work. Sorry. I think <laughs> that worked. I, I think Virago that, and Zealot look a lot alike. Uh, yeah. No, that worked. I got you. <laughs> it's a weird stance of like the side boob and the the butt. You know, it's the for, we call that the forbidden pose in comics because you're really not allowed to do it. But what's funny is there, I've got a million photos of people just naturally doing the forbidden pose it actually is just fine it, tr- it tracks I, I will say this um i do think the wildcats team have enough have enough interesting aspects going on so that yeah. when larson draws them yeah. they look cool oh yeah I think dude visually Warblade looks cool as hell except for Warblade, nothing can make you cool he looks think, cool as hell i think this, he looks cool yeah i think he looks cool even Spartan. To me, Spartan is the most boring, and I think Larson does interesting things with him. I, yeah. I kind of like... See, Spartan's one of the other few characters on this team that I actually have an interest in, because I, mm-hmm. I like that he's kind of plain. Because he, he's very much like a Captain America type. And I th- well, I think, yeah. I think Eric made good fun of it. Like yeah. how boring he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guys, how do you feel about their like midget leader? Every team had one. <laughs> had to have one. It was a law. It was like <laughs> Troll or this guy. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, right? I'm fine with it. No, it's, yeah. It's okay. No, I think it did a good job. I think Wildcats uh, fucking looks like fantastic under his uh, pin here. And uh, I'll agree with you. The monster is where he phoned it in. Like just basically like a pile of rock man with multiple arms. Yeah. Like he, I mean, I get, he definitely could have done. Is that a known monster? Or no, I'm sure it's just a out? random demonite bad guy. I think the whole idea is that basically we are getting to the end of a, of a Wildcats adventure because what this entire issue is about is the team wanting to go on vacation after right. a, after a big fight. Yeah, and the Damonite War never ends is the point that they're making. So right. it's it's like this super long, like, forever war, and they're just like, look, dude, it's fucking the war's not ever going to end. Let's just take a vacay. Now, to be fair, I don't know a lot about Wildcats, but one thing I do know, because I bought, like, the first 12 issues out of Dollar Bins, is that this is issue 14, and I know for a fact they go on vacation in issue 8. So they've, <laughs> they've already had vacation. What's with all these vacations? So you're busting Eric's chops, saying Eric wasn't reading. Uh-oh. I'm just saying they take a lot of vacations. I, I love... God, sorry. Oops, go ahead. I was going to say, I love all the acronyms in this with Eric just poking fun <laughs> yeah. at Wildcats. It's, like, way over the top. Hilarious. Yeah, was that, I was, like, asking, like, is that a joke on... Yeah, what? yeah, he's totally busting on... Because like there's always all these acronyms in Wildcats. So Wildcats itself is an acronym, and it seems like I think within the comic itself they always throw these weird acronyms to try to sound technical. Yeah, they're not they're not that covert. I'll be honest. Yeah, how can you be a covert action team? Tactical espionage. Um, uh, what's the third <laughs> word? Something like that. Action. Tactical espionage action. Yep. And th- I'm pretty sure this predates Metal Gear Solid by a lot, so that's funny. You're saying Hideo Kojima yes, was... Yes, uh... I'm saying Hideo Kojima <laughs> stole it from Wildcats. They're, they're a covert action team with, like, a purple guy that becomes giant and busts through walls. <laughs> so, guy so, with green hair and giant scissor hands. I will say Maul's kind of interesting as a Hulk type, if only because of his, like... He's got the Hulk thing, the madder he gets, the, the stronger he gets, but he also has the bigger he gets, and also the dumber he gets. 
Yeah. And also he has a Kirby riding device for some reason. That thing is awesome. I don't know if Eric probably made, I got to imagine, made that up for this. Yeah. I think it was just they needed uh, something for him to ride and he wanted to get his Kirby on. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Threw a little Vanguard in there. (laughs) Right. You got to be loving that as a, uh, what's the rocket racer? Who's the guy you love, Jim? (laughs) Oh, uh, the, well, that's uh, a, this is Orion's like. Orion's, yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah. You're talking about the um, oh, the skier. What the hell is his name? Yeah, yeah. I forget his name. Isn't it? It was like the black skier or something. Black racer, I think. <laughs> black maybe. racer, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, I think something. We I think we made a mistake. Well, not so much a mistake, just a bad timing. This thing with Mighty Man not saving this woman from the building that happens in Freak Force, right? Yes. We just haven't read it yet. No, yeah. wasn't that a backup in Dragon? Was no? it? I know we haven't read it yet. If it actually happened in on panel, uh, uh, I, f- I feel like we already have. read this. Yeah, I think we did. What's the, it's overpower? I thought that was a, in the backup of one of the Dragon issues. I don't know. I don't remember. I do not remember. I will say, Craig, uh, you had mentioned that it's a. Uh, a strength of Eric's that he puts, uh, or no, like, uh, what was it? Freak force. We were giving freak force praise for having the team in their, uh, street clothes. Hey, look, what did Eric do? He instantly put the cats in their vacation clothes. Yep. That's fun. It's always fun to play dress up to be a great comic artist. You also have to be a fashion artist. Oh yeah. Uh, however, we do see the freak force team in their, Superhero outfits. Yeah, just lounging about in their superhero outfits. It is kind of cool so, to see both teams. There's a lot of characters in this book. This issue, rather. Yeah, man. I just think that this hums along at a great pace. I think that there's this... It's like, of course, Larson is the stronger between Jim Lee, but he was more involved, clearly. Right. I mean, like, he, you know, he wrote, drew, and inked it. Like, he does any issue of Savage Dragon. So, of course... You know, he had total control over it. Right, which is what the uh, Jim Lee Savage Dragon issue should have been. Right. And and I think, I mean, just when you hold these two up, like, side by side, it's like, man, goddamn, dude. Like, Larson really, like, delivered on this Wildcats issue. And it's like, dude, Jim Lee phoned that fucking, like, dragon issue in so hard. Whether his kid was born or not, just do it delayed like Liefeld did. But it's like, man, there's so much awesome shit going on in this Wildcats issue. We don't go page by page, but I mean, it's hard not to because there's just so many cool moments. Like Super Patriot shooting the shit out of him and then like that dude's eyes just popping out. Yeah, that's like that's like one of the like iconic Larson panels of yeah. Spartan and Super Patriot just shooting the shit out of each other. Yeah, anytime there's like robot characters that can just mangle each other. So good, dude. You gotta feel bad for Grifter getting stuck with Hortus. No, dude. You know what? That was the ultimate, like, perfect. Jobbing Grifter out to Hortus is perfect. It is interesting, though, because the it is Freak Force basically kicks these guys' asses. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, he definitely made them a little too powerful for what they are, but I feel like you had to do it when you're doing, like, a crossover like this. Yeah, if he has his dude show up and get their ass kicked, it's like that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I think I think as cool it is, as it is to see Dart kicking Zealots in the face, I think it's a little bit much 
because I know Zealot is like some sort of super warrior and has swords. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's her gimmick, but it's so lame. Like at that same time, like Dart is a fucking badass too. Like remember at this point she's like run towards absorbing Junior and just like, you know, is not fucking scared of him at all. So like, of course, dude. Dart versus Zealot is actually a super good matchup. I love the panel um, with Maul just smashing uh, Mighty Man into the ground. It's such a cool-looking panel. On which one? I think it's further back. It's during their initial fight. Uh, it's after the double page oh, yeah, spread yeah, yeah. when they're facing each other. Brackabadoom. But right I mean, before, yeah, the Spartan and Super Patriot battling. All those panels look great, honestly. I love how he does the grifter, like, expressive eyes. Yeah, yeah like Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. So, just to, to jump off for a second, I looked up Overpower on the Savage Dragon wiki, and I think that that was, for this issue, they... Eric just made it up as like a backstory and it was never done and then he he went into the Savage Dragon Possessed trade paperback and put pages in there oh. and added him in there. Oh. Uh, he also so he only appears in the Possessed trade paperback and in the backup in a backup of issue 72. So he he reprinted it in 72 cuz he likes to do that. He doesn't like to keep stuff exclusive to the trades. I guess I don't know if it's reprinted or he just shows up in a different story. Oh, I don't know. Good point. Um, but, yeah, so so it was never done before, and I think he just created that backstory after the fact. And then we end with Bikini Party Summer. Yes. Uh, I'm super down with it. Uh, you always, It's good to have like uh, just characters lounging about at the beach. Is this, Except for, like, Zealot and Super Patriot aspiring. They can't relax. <laughs> Relaxing for the week. Also, first topless rapture? Nah, we had the sidewinder when his hand was gone. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a really good issue, all things considered. I think, I think we, it's a great issue, dude. Um, real quick. I, on, if, hmm? I was going to just say, I think if I'm Jim Lee and I look at this, I, you just got to feel shame. That's all. Yeah, shame. <laughs> you exactly. Got, you got to just know that you phoned it in and that's never how you want to do Like when you're collaborating, you always want to feel like you gave it your best. And it's like, there's no way in hell that he could feel like he gave it his best, dude. You, what do you think Larson's feeling was when he first saw Savage Dragon 13 by Jim Lee? Was he just like... Fuck. Well, it's a story as old as time. <laughs> Eric participates in these things, and it he always winds up being the guy to do the work, and yeah. everybody else just phones it in. It happened here. It happened on the 10th anniversary hardcover. It yep. happened on Image, Image United. United. It yeah. just keeps happening. Image, Image Zero. Yeah, yeah. That one was super late. Super Dude. late. Not only that, it's <laughs> no. he's the only one that wrote a story worth anything. Right. And then, right. like, it, you know, you either get pinups or bullshit. It just it, keeps happening. It's kind of like it, it sucks <laughs> shit because, like, he's the strong link, and like, you just never want to be the strong link. 
Like but the thing that drives me crazy, but then it's like people still rant and rave about McFarlane and Jim Lee, like they're God's gift, and it's like, God damn it, God man. damn it, indeed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's the great like. Dude, that's the great. Even even when I tell people, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I, do, I love Savage Dragon. I'm on this podcast. You know, we talk about it and all this stuff. I was like, oh yeah, Image. I always liked Spawn. Oh, I mean Jim Lee. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, those were the shittiest. Like, if you if you would like read the comics, you would know. It's like, like I, this is a bit esoteric, but I saw it on. It was trending on Twitter today, and it's it's kind of relevant. So mm-hmm. this this new game came out for the Nintendo Switch called Metroid Dread, and it's it's a new Metroid game. It's really good. <laughs> and, okay. And there was this trending topic of basically, I believe it was just it was just called sixty dollars, and they were I showing and they were showing a side by side comparison of like Metroid Dread and God of War, uh, the new right. God of War for the PS4, and they were going, look what sixty dollars buys you on the Switch versus the the PlayStation. And the, 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 the point of it was is that the graphics in God of War are fancy and expensive looking and flashy. And in Metroid, it's because it's on the Switch and because it's just not that kind of game. It's just not as flashy. I mean, it looks good, but it's a little bit rougher looking. And the argument is is that things that look good should be worth more. And things that are just good maybe shouldn't be worth more. And it's it's kind of a similar situation here where you get your flashy artists like your McFarlane and your Lee and your Silvestri. And then you got Larson, who is just a workhorse, who does the work and does the great stuff. And he does not get the respect no. those others get <laughs> because he's just not as flashy. Well, I think that's a tale as old as time, too. You know, like, if you go back, guys are saying the same thing about, like, I don't know, Sal Buscema on Spider-Man or something. You know what I mean? When, Like, when, when Eric was the hot guy and, and McFarlane on Spider-Man, you had, like, Sal Buscema doing, was it uh, Spectacular Spider-Man? Like, issue in and out for, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of issues, always on model and everything, and... You know, I'm sure when we're like, I know when I was a kid, I was like, ugh, I'd way prefer Larson or McFarlane to this guy. And I don't know. I think it's just a cycle that just goes, maybe. Tony Moore and Charlie Adler. I mean, there's your, you know, there's a very yeah. recent example. Everybody yeah. still sucks. Re- Tony recent, 20 year, t- recent 20 year old example, yes. Yeah. But I'm just <laughs> saying, walking, walking Dead is something everyone can relate to. Like, you know, <laughs> yes, people a, still. A, sorry, I'm making more jokes. Continue. No, I'm just saying, like, people are still, like, they're like, oh, God, I just wish Tony Moore had drawn the whole series. I wish... And it's like, dude, what you need to understand is that if it was uh, Tony Moore, there wouldn't be a Walking Dead. No. Right. Because he would have fucking burned out and petered out after, like, what, six issues is what it took? Ten? Well, that's the thing. Same thing with Invincible and... Well, uh, Corey Walker and and, and Otley kind of have it the opposite direction. A lot of people, especially coming off the TV show, are going, why do these first seven issues look like shit? Because they're all like uncultured swine. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is, if Cory Walker would have stayed with it, Invincible would have ended because he couldn't the just couldn't would have waned because yeah. no new issues would have came out for four months and right. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, like yeah, it is a tale as old as time. It basically, like people are going to gravitate towards this 
perceived, uh, you know, flash, like more polished finger quotes, whatever. When we were just like talking about like the design work in Savage Dragon, you have so many cool designs. And then you look at the design work in Spawn or even like at fucking Wildcats. Like what great designs really are in Wildcats? It's like not much, dude. They they're like pretty. They pretty are shitty. I will say they're probably they're in my opinion, they're better than they're better than Cyberforce for sure. They're better than Youngblood. I think I would say they're number two uh, design wise as far as like those launch titles. I just still think that like you know then the when you compare to like all the different designs going on in like you know savage dragon like octopus and open face just even even within this time frame right even within this time frame look at savage dragon number 12 and you look at all the different designs going on you've got she dragon who has a cool look overlord you've got octopus and open face you got justice with his retro very retro but still very cool look all these cool looking characters and then you flip over to Savage Dragon 13 and you got Space Batman and everyone else is just dudes in trench coats. Yeah. I will and say it's horrendous. Lightfield gets shitted on a lot. Uh, to me, I think his designs are probably second to Larson over Wildcats because I mean guys like, you know, Bad Rock and Prophet and you know, even Shaft, uh, like they you remember those guys. I, I feel like their designs kind of stick out. The guy with the skull on his head. What's that guy's name? I don't know. Chapel. Chapel. No, no. Well, this Chapel. That guy sticks out too. I feel like that. That really not seen before that. Oh, the the other guy. The, the, the other skull face. Is. You know, he's got the little like skull pendant on his forehead. <laughs> the little skull. I know the one you mean. He's got the yeah. little skull on his forehead, yeah. I don't know. I just felt like as much as you know, we can rip on Lightfield, he had some designs that were like interesting and you know, uh, still are memorable today. You know, even if they are a little silly or a lot silly, but like Prophet's little like boxing mask thing and things like that that are just. So I feel like Lightfield, you know, his comics had a lot to be desired, but I felt like his designs, at least from a '90s sense, were pretty pretty strong i'll say he probably had stronger designs than jim lee like you look at like jim that's lee what i'm and saying the, the stuff like jim lee went on to like what, what what original jim lee characters stand out in your mind the way like you know like you said young blood supreme uh like you know, gen 13 is probably the better see those, even then, those guys was, don't even stand out much to me besides like the grunge guy and even him they just look like normal people to me. I, vote, I, I don't know I, I, they are pretty normal I, for some reason i've always gravitated towards them though although i've never read the book although i do own the book i just i've always found like characters like fairchild and and freefall and well i just always thought they were well designed they they have simple they, they, have, a, they have simple designs which i which i like they aren't covered in tubes <laughs> piping yeah, the middle, the middle, not middle '90s piping. Yes, <laughs> like, like Warblade. But Jim Lee's designs. I, I feel like his his Wildcats designs are not bad, and probably the best that I've seen. But I, overall, his designs really turn me off on most things. New Fifty Two. Yeah, that is just freaking hard. Yeah, yeah. As a design <laughs> guy, I don't think he works out very well because he puts piping on everything, and then everyone else has to draw it, and it just looks awful. He just overdoes it. 
There's anyway, weird things too. Like, what's going on with with Maul and those weird horn things on his back? I what think it's that? just to make him unique and also give him something like when he charges into you. Although I can't imagine those things going to hit you. Has there ever been a shot from the back? I, the, I would I've always love... like, what the hell is that? How, where does it come from? I, I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, they just come off. It seems like they should come off his shoulder blades, but it feels more like they come off like the lower, like his lower to mid back. Yeah. So, like from the back, it looks like he has a big circle around his head, like a halo. It's yes, they are. I think it's they're. I think they're. Design. Also, that McDonald's M on his forehead, I've never liked. <laughs> the McDonald's M. <laughs> Also, it's just kind of funny, his open pit design. Like, you know, got to let those pits breathe. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> Larson probably didn't really understand how those, like, tusks work either. So, like, never draws him from the backside. Oh. oh, guys, you can totally see him from the back. Uh, flip to towards the uh, end of the fight scene where you see... Um, what's Mercury Chick? Oh, uh, Nova or Void? Void. Where you see Void on the top two panels, and she's getting in a fight with Rapture, and you see uh, uh, Maul, Maul Smash Thum, look at his back. Uh, I can't really tell what the hell is going on there. Yeah, they kind of they kind of sweep out. <laughs> but I'm just saying, there it is. There's there's this very issue. There's your back of Maul. <laughs> uh, still can't really tell. <laughs> at any rate, we should probably talk about thir- uh, Savage Dragon, the real Savage Dragon Thirteen. Um, before we issue. do, oh, right. we ads, ads, dude. Ads. Uh, well, we only got one ad I think is worth talking about, and that is Blackthorn. Blackthorn. Blackthorn dude. is such a good game. Uh, so Blackthorn was on the Super Nintendo and I think PC. Um, it, it, it's hard to describe because it's a it's a hold on because it's a it's a two D platformer, but it's like Prince of Persia style, where like the movement is like really deliberate and jumps are dangerous because there's fall damage. But you got but you're like a dude who gets sucked through a wormhole into like his fantasy world, and like there's all these monsters, and you have a shotgun, and you get to shotgun monsters. You missed did Jim the best Lee part. design it? No, yeah. I don't, did he? He did. He designed Blackthorn. Wow, I didn't actually know that part. I guess Check it explains it why it's in this book. You're Kyle Blackthorn. The most lethal weapon in the universe, and now he's come home to take out the trash. I want you to really look at that gun in his hand, Jim. In the game, it is clearly a double-hand shotgun, Yep. but Jim Lee has chosen to make it sort of a pistol-shotgun hybrid. It's like a sawed-off shotgun, isn't it? It's definitely... Look at that pistol grip. Yeah, he definitely doesn't know what a uh, sawed-off shotgun looks like. (laughs) Yeah, um, so that's definitely Wonk City. Um, the one thing I don't want to skip before we leave this real quick is the pinup. Uh, we kind of missed the pinup in uh, Savage Dragon 13, Jim Lee's. So I just want to say real quick, uh, it's by Jeff Rebner and Tom McWeeny. It's probably the most solid thing in that entire issue. And yeah. shout out to Tom McWeeny, who is still very much active and very awesome. Like a great... Are- He's a great cartoonist. <laughs> Did you guys ever see Eric's art for Duke Nukem? <laughs> yes. All oh, right, that was for like one of those uh, gaming covers he did. He did a few yeah. of those, right? Yeah, I think it was like uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly or something. Something like that. 
I think he did a great job. Duke Nukem, Eric on Duke Nukem is a great fit. Yeah, there's like a cover where he drew a bunch of X-Men too, and it's like one of the few times he like drew most most of those X-Men, but like the original art for that is like lost, and so like the only copies of that cover are like really shitty scans. Damn, I'm being drawn by the guy that draws Savage Dragon. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Groovy. So, all right. So, of course, he. I've read Savage Dragon 13 before, uh, but mm-hmm. only in trade collection form. So, here's the funny thing. I actually thought issue 13 of Savage Dragon, the Larson Dragon 13, uh, mm-hmm. used a lot more art from Wildcats 14. But in truth, it uses almost very little. Yeah. It's kind of nuts how little it uses and how much of this is, like, the original story. Because all the stuff with the underground freaks... Because... Basically, what this story is, what this issue is, is like what Dragon was doing when the Wildcat issue was going on. Right. And it's all from Dragon's point of view. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, Before we dive into it, I just want to talk one quick thing because I don't know if, I don't remember if we talked about off air or earlier during this episode, but you were asking when this 13, this new 13 came out. Right. Were there like two issues that month or something? So yeah. this 13, issue 13 came out eight months after the original 13 by Jim Lee. And it took it came out between Savage Dragon 19 and 20. So Savage Dragon 19 came out in April 95. And Savage Dragon 20 came out in July 95. And this new 13 came out right before 20 in, in June. So it was April 19, June 95 was 13A. And then July 95 was 20. So he definitely, like, didn't double up. He just kind of took a month off to write this. Or two months. Um, I love this cover, bros. Uh, I think those color hold webs look fantastic. Yeah. It's another and one lo- where we're seeing Widow for the first time, so it's like, who the hell is this? He probably yeah. would think she's a villain. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Well, Star does. Yeah, <laughs> Star uh, a little trigger happy there. Yeah, he wants to shoot everybody with those stars, but can you blame him? I like uh, Nurse uh, Anne's uh, application of like the sort of bandages, <laughs> and I th- I think that like you know it's funny because he got bit in the face, so they make perfect sense, but like they kind of look silly when it's not silhouette, but then later on in the issue. Eric has Dragon with those in silhouette, but the bandages are visible. And I think it looks so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I love how it just continues right off from issue 12. So it's open face and white marks. It's interesting to me because that would mean that originally when Savage Dragon uh, 14, sorry, when Savage Dragon 14 came out, none of this would have been in that issue. Um, So it, it... it, it would not have picked up directly after that fight with uh, Open Face. Right. So, I'm trying to think. So, like, the, the stuff we see with The Fiend and uh, Miss Harris Miss Harris would have not been shown. Right. I assume we would have seen her, her next appearance was she'd already be possessed. Mm-hmm. Um, all the stuff with the underground freaks, because this would... This is not the first time they would appear because they would have appeared in a future issue, but this would be the, but chronologically now in the collection this is now their first appearance. 
Right, yeah. It does create a confusing sort of a, a flow there, right? Yeah. But it is fun to see Rock and Widow and Radical and the gang. Yeah, man, this is a good issue. Like, I really loved, like, that, like, the pinups. Uh, everything he does with Widow, like, she just looks so cool. <laughs> the webs and stuff, and this is so good. And, uh, I think all the, uh, underground scenes have, like, a super awesome, like, you know, just the sort of where he just cuts into the shadows, or, like, you know, on Dragon's silhouetted form there. Yep. So good, dude. It's actually kind of funny, because you also, with them tangled up in the webs, you get to see Star doing a bunch of Spider-Man poses. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's like his Spider-Man pastiche is coming face-to-face. <laughs> I think the the big double-page spread with the Wildcat showing up, I think it was slightly recolored. Uh, from... You know what's so funny? Is that I thought that, too. But it's just a little I darker. Hold... As I hold them side by side, I swear I can't really see the huge difference. Yeah. And remember, mine's on newsprint. Right. And and slick. And, like, as I hold them side by side, I, they really don't look that different. I can't see the real difference. But I, I'm with you. I thought the same thing. I was like, did he make this happen at, like, a different time of night? But, like, side by side, they're identical. Yeah, now that you mention it, in the in the Wildcats issue, I think it was supposed to be broad daylight, and this is like evening. Hmm. And yet, it's got the same coloring in the Wildcats issue. Weird. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe the sky's color different? No, the sky's the same. It's, oh, it's really hard to tell. Yeah, it's really... I don't know. They're it, virtually it, the same. It dude. definitely looks like it's a little darker, though. But it the coloring look it does appear to be identical. Anyway, damn dude, I don't know if my eyes are tricking me, Jim. Yeah. But like, okay, I think I see the lone difference. Holy shit, this is a weird, subtle thing. In Wildcats, it appears that there's like more like light coming off of. Uh, our gal void in the upper left hand corner right than in the dragon issue and I that see. appears to be the only color difference huh weird well weird. Hu- the human eye is a baffling thing when two colors are put side by side <laughs> do you see you guys, it or yeah, am I, do. I crazy no i think you're right like you went in there and said nah take that brightness out <laughs> Um, Guys, how the fuck uh, is Cyberface in the underground layer here? Like, I thought he died in prison. Wasn't he poisoned? At the beginning of the issue where Frank and Dragon are storming the tower? It comes up later, of course. And, of course, I believe this, of course, would have been fed back in after those revelations. But he basically survived, and he's been living underground the whole time. How that happened, I have no idea. Okay. But, yes, you're right. He did get poisoned in prison. I was just making sure that this was the last time we'd seen him. Yeah. Yeah, he got he got bumped off, and that means Overlord got to walk free. Because they didn't, they didn't have their uh, their informant. Did you guys notice on the panel where when Dragon and Star first walk into the underground freak's lair, like how many characters that we'd never see are in there? Like that weird like orange guy with super long arms. Yeah. And then Larry Martyr's Bean World guy is in the back oh, there. Oh, yep. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that out, yeah. 
But there's a lot of like that weird character with like it looks like almost like a zombie all the way to the left of the panel with like the stripy red mm-hmm. suit with like the stringy hair. I don't know. It's just funny. Like it's like you know when you first see them, there's all these characters and then they just kind of disappeared. It is interesting that the, this underground area is like it's part of the city that's been built over. But what's really crazy is I know that places like this really exist. Yeah, because they, they build highways over top of everything, but they don't. They don't tear the buildings down necessarily. In the movie *Malignant*, that was actually like part of the plot. <laughs> cities just built on top of cities. Yeah, crazy. That, that's it's a thing. In, that's a thing in *Judge Dredd* as well. Mega City ones built over top of like all of the old cities, and they're all still down there, and they're full of mutants. Well, that's kind of like uh, this turns into kind of like Pipe Town, I guess, is what it's called eventually. Right. And I love when when Eric draws those. Uh, back that that setting with all the pipes and stuff it's got to be so labor intensive i'm trying to think because there's a was it chicago i believe chicago is one of those cities that when they built the either the subway system or the sewer system they actually had to go through the entire city and jack it up like 10 feet like every single building had to be jacked up 10 feet in the air to put a sewer system in uh, at some point, and this was like in the late 1800s, I think. That seems like quite a feat. I don't know. But I'll have to look more <laughs> into that. Right. But I, I remember hearing that or reading that somewhere. City um, planning, dude, is berserk, though. Because like I saw a thing in Korea where instead of just building a new school, they just like lifted the school up and moved it. And I was like, why, though? Like, <laughs> just, just build a new one. Like, what the hell? How is that? Uh, how is that the better idea? But eh? guys, plug your drain butt wipe. <laughs> what? <laughs> like he's uh, uh, here. It is Chicago fight scene. Chicago was raised over four feet in the 19th century to build its sewer system. Weird. Yeah. Sorry. Continue, Raven. No, I was just saying barbaric. Like his quip in the middle of the fight scene, you know, like Super Patriot says, "Nice effort, T two. It's not enough." And Barbaric's quip is, "Plug your drain, butt wipe." <laughs> That's quality. So it hasn't aged a day. So these are like the these are two pages that were taken from Wildcats, as was the big double page splash page, mm-hmm. and then and the third page with the fight with Super Patriot and uh, Spartan fighting. That was also taken. And then, as best I can tell, there's just like two or three more panels. But otherwise, everything's new. Uh, Yeah, I I mean... The page that has the big doom on the top... Right. That panel is new, but I think there's a few... Like, the last two panels are old. Yeah, they were used, yep. And where uh, Dragon grabs Grifter by the arm, that's reused. Yeah, that page, that whole page is reused verbatim. Then the group shot at the end where everyone's shaking hands. And then, um, oh yeah, I forgot. Eric put in the whole, like, uh, Mighty Man reveals his identity dragon in this issue. Yeah, yeah, because he never did. He only did it in Freak Force. Yeah, he never. Which is crazy. This is a way for him to reveal it a lot sooner to Dragon. Yeah. I guess at some point he would just start knowing it without without this scene to be told. 
But it is crazy, like you guys said, like this one printed like eight months out of sequence. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, for readers of Savage Dragon, this pivotal moment is just like, eh. Sort of like, you know, put in retconned in, you know? Well, it's not as pivotal if you read Freak Force, because it already came out to them, but it's, I guess it's pivotal for Dragon understanding who Mighty Man is. The readers at this point already knew. I uh, appreciate the hell out of the fact that Eric redrew that last panel to sort of like what the beach be a different the beach scene yeah, yeah it's like a different like perspective yep like if you look at the last page of uh the wildcats issue and then look at the last panel here it's the exact same thing like everyone's even posed like in the same is, ways is the background it, like a stat almost that was shrunk down i think he redrew it it looks redrawn to me wow but yeah, the camera is put behind Rapture. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it is. He went the extra length, the extra extra effort. It's good, dude. I, I, I dig gotta it. say, those glasses are way cooler than the round glasses. Yes, <laughs> big time, <laughs> big time. Any day of the week. Well, guys, I mean, I just want to say I said there was nothing good in the uh, letters page, but there's no way in hell that I'm going to not take just a moment to appreciate the Savage Dragon Ball anime-inspired 1995. I really thought I invented that. (laughs) You did not. I got to check something real quick. It's great, though, dude. Like, here's this Swedish fan that was like, dude, I like Savage... He's like, I like Savage Dragon and anime, and I live in Sweden. <laughs> My butt is on the Swedish. Swedish. So, here's the <laughs> insane thing. No, it's Kai. No. Oh, I should have looked this up before. I may have to cut some time, dead time out of this. That's okay, man. Cut that dead time. Where is it? Where is it? I want to know when Dragon Ball Z first aired in North America. Oh, it, oh. Was, it wasn't until 1996. So America doesn't know what Dragon Ball Z is yet here in 1994. Well, I guess 1995. 95, yeah. Or if the only people who would would be like huge weebs. Because <laughs> I know like cassette tapes were being traded around at this time. So people knew, but it wasn't on TV yet. VHS tapes. Right? Yeah, yeah. VHS swapping was a thing. Yeah, I there still... Were a lot I, of, there were a lot of bootlegs. Like, I remember... Uh, there was like this place I had to go upstairs in Boston and you could get all the Kung Fu bootlegs and they had all the Dragon Ball on bootlegs. Like just copied onto VHS. But if this is coming from Sweden, who knows how they learned about it? Right. I mean, but like there's no mistaking that that is like a Dragon Ball face. Oh, that's, that is Toriyama's hell. Yeah. about the Savage Dragon pewter statue. Yeah, man. Three plus inches tall. <laughs> it's actually pretty tall for a pewter. I looked into it, and this company had quite a few, uh, you know, pewter stuff. Uh, didn't they go on to do, like, I think Rapture 2? No idea. I don't think so. Well, they had more than just Dragon, is all I'm saying. Sculpted like No, I think they only had Pewter by by Claymore. He had statues. There was another, years later, like, 
10 or 15 years later, there was another uh, group that came out with uh, kind of three different little pewter statues. One of them was Rapture. I think it was Rapture, okay. Mighty Man, and Dragon. That's what I'm thinking about. Okay. Got it, got it. Uh, quick question, diehard Craig Olson. Do you own this? No, no. Do what? Do you want it? Or is it a thing that's lacking? No, or what? no, I don't want it. I don't, I'm not really into it. I, I don't want that original statue. I'm not into that. What I do want, and I never bought and never pulled the trigger on, is the little mini bust. I like that. The one where it's just an arm? He's just, like, flexing? Yeah, and they make a couple different versions. They have, like, a bloodied version and a regular version. That, Are those hard to get? Or? Cool. I don't think so. I just think I just I'm not a big like statue guy by any means. And I think at the time I was like, man, I don't want to spend a hundred bucks on that thing. Which is but funny because now, now it's probably like fucking three hundred or something. I don't know if it is, but I don't know. I mean, it would be cool, but I'm not like I have to have that. So. uh this is sort of a uh, been an interesting stretch of issues. I, I think that this whole Image X thing uh, really, you know, as much as I was like shitting on Jim Lee's issue or whatever else, I do think that it gave us kind of a cool opportunity came out of it to see Eric restore his run with his own 13 and just sort of the choices that he made. Like, you know with the reusing of some panels and then he redrew the one and you know how he sort of retconned in stuff like this feels significant as hell this 13 that he did yeah i mean a lot of stuff happens we meet the underground freaks uh mighty man reveals his identity to dragon um that that's really it the fiend possesses uh (laughs) right fiend possession right so that's three things yeah, I mean, it's just, it's substantial. And he really didn't have to do anything substantial if he just had a big fight scene or something. And, and, he could have he could have phoned it in, is what I'm saying, and, and he didn't. And as I said, I, I have only ever previously read this in trade form, so to me, this is just normal how the story reads. I can't even imagine what reading right. it without this would be like. Right. <laughs> I'll try to keep it in mind when we get to uh, further on issues. Just, just to see, like, put myself into the mindset of, like, I don't have Larson 13, so what do I think I know uh, coming off issue 12? Um, I had one more thing. What was it? I can't remember. Real quick, if you guys had your choice, same creators uh, that were available... Who would you have put, I mean, with your modern, not who would you have done in the past, but with your modern brain, who would you have rather, and knowing how shitty Jim Lee's job ended up being, who would you rather see have done a Savage Dragon 13? Ugh, that's tough. I I would want. I don't really care to see anybody, but. (laughs) I mean, but imagine it had to happen. Yeah. And somebody's doing it, and you're standing there, and you have your modern brain. You know, like, Jim Lee's going to do a shitty job. So you get to say, uh, actually, Blah Blah should do it. Who would you choose? Well, right. my initial reaction is to say Valentino. Right. But I've just remembered what Shadowhawk number four looked like. 
So now <laughs> I'm not so sure that was the be- that would be the best choice because I know Valentino is talented as a writer and an artist, but I don't think his art style as it currently is in this time frame would be as good as I imagine. So I gotta say, crazy thought. I think I'd almost rather see Liefeld do it. Just to see what that would look like. Ooh, Craig. What about I, you? I'm not a fan of... Well, I like Valentino and I like his art when it's his stuff. I really have no interest in seeing him draw Savage Dragon based on his version in Shadowhawk. Um, Liefeld, I really don't have any interest based on how I've seen him draw a dragon. He just does not look... He does not draw a good dragon. Uh, Silvestri, I feel like he's the best artist, but not the best artist for dragon. Right. I don't think he would do a good dragon. It would probably end up looking like the Lee one. Really. Yeah, to me, I gotta go with McFarlane just for the fact that it would be cool to see McFarlane's take on Larson rather than everything we got before, which was Larson was always coming after McFarlane and doing his version right after McFarlane. Right. So to see, like, I think McFarlane still has the cartoony stuff that would fit Savage Dragon. I don't think it would look great, but I think of all the options for me, he's the best. Although, if he wrote it, it would be horrible. Yeah, you come in, create <laughs> Medieval Dragon, and be a whole like, lawsuit in the future. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just don't think that there's a good option, to be honest. And if I had if, if, I, the best of bad choices, I think is McFarlane for me. What about you, Raven? You, I mean, it's not exciting because like Jim already chose, but I too would have chose Liefeld, just because I think that uh, in that age, like 1994, Liefeld would have made sure to drawn action and he would have put in as many characters as he could have because that's kind of was what he was doing then and like yeah, you flip through his point. books and yeah he just makes sure so i feel like if you put liefeld 94 liefeld on savage dragon 13 he's gonna go and he's gonna flip through freak force and savage dragon earlier issues and he's gonna just try to draw as many cool looking like poses and fights as he can and he's and, gonna put stuff in it that sticks with his books because right. he did do that with like Vanguard and Super Patriot in his books, so yeah, it's a good point. I just I feel like I've seen enough Lightfield art now. Maybe back then, but now I've seen enough Lightfield art with dragon characters that I'm like, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, I totally agree with you, but still, I would choose him. That's and the a, reason, because yeah. you guys kind of went into your reasons. Like, I'm just not a Valentino guy. Um, I don't like McFarland's writing. I feel like he would lazy. He would do a, something lazy. Like he'd oh, only absolutely. have. He'd just do dragon and like maybe like everyone else would be normal or it'd well, be dragon and spawn. I know what it would be. It would be dragon and spawn. That's exactly what he would do. Is he would have dragon and spawn somehow be around. It would read more like a spawn issue. And then uh, Silvestri, I like him best of all of these options, but I just feel like also too. His Silvestri is so close to Jim Lee in terms of, like, you know, whatever he's going to give you. I feel like Silvestri wouldn't have done as poor a job as what came out. 
but I feel that it would have also been full of fairly normal looking people standing around, you know, yeah. like just looking sexy or whatever, but it, like with a normal size dragon. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And I don't want that. So again, I got to go with Liefeld cause I feel like he would swing for the fences and at least put in as many characters as he could. You know, it's funny. And you talk about McFarlane being lazy. Did you look at the covers of Sylvester's spawn and McFarlane's cyber force? No, but I can check it out right now. You said Sylvestri Spawn? Yeah. All right, let's take a look. Hello? Yep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my, my internet kind of gave me a little fright. Oh, let's see. Sylvester's. So it's Spawn uh, 25. Okay, I'm loading it as we speak. God damn, dude. My roommate must be like super information highway in there or something. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty sweet looking spawn, though. Okay, right. but now look at McFarlane Cyberforce. Uh, I don't know. What, what issue was that? It appears that it is issue... Eight? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's it. So compare those two oh covers. Oh my god, why are they the same? Yeah, because McFarlane's fucking lazy as shit. Is it lazy, or do they, or is it poetic, like they rhyme? It's I think lazy. it's lazy. I think it's lazy as shit. I think he drew Ripclaw in a spawn pose, and everything else is a spawn. What the hell? After Mark? Yeah. So could, wait yes. a minute. So he just took Sylvester's cover for Spawn 25 this and is what, made it. <laughs> this is what I mean. It even says in the signature, McFarlane after Mark. Right. right. He was basing it on the pose that Mark did on the Spawn cover. That's terrible, right. though. It's like lazy. You, you see where... Wow. Okay, so I must, I, I must be having a stroke because, in my opinion, this is actually cool. I mean, it's, it's okay it's typical, if you like it's it. It's typical McFarland, though. I yeah, that's that's it. Is it's okay if you like it? That's fine. But it's typical McFarland that he like finds some cheat. He did or the does same shit. He did the same shit with uh, the Spawn cover. We did like the the, the uh, Savage Dragon Savage Dragon Spawn <laughs> variant, and it was just he took a already drawn Savage Dragon by Larson and just kind of re inked it. Remember? Yep. Yep. Yeah, look how good, like you said, look how good this, like, Sylvester Spawn 25 Oh, yeah, the Sylvester by far is the superior cover. I just think the mo- recurring motif is actually kind of neat. I don't know, man. Uh, just come yeah. up with something. Like, I'm seeing, you're on Cyberforce, you're like, you're really going to just copy the same exact pose? Like, I, I don't know. I got to agree with Craig. I, I think it's lazy. And this is the thing that why I wouldn't want to see mcfarlane on savage dragon because even though he's an incredible illustrator he would do something lazy like this it is pretty wild though that this image crossover month with sylvestri is spawn 25 the yeah like it's not some big celebration issue milestone issue exactly right (laughs) this is why i'm telling you there should have been x issues and that way you could collect all the X issues or they could put them in a trade and split the profits or whatever the hell they wanted. But if their image X had just been X issues, it would have solved all of this. 
right, I got one last question, then we're going to wrap this up. Okay. Um, how do you, both of you, feel about Eric Larson's run being uh, basically incomplete because of this Image X Month snafu? Is the fact that Eric went back and replaced the issue enough to say it's a continuous run, or does Savage Dragon start at 14? To me personally, he went in and made amends. He did an entire issue worth. I mean, it's still his work even with the shared pages between those. So to me personally, run intact. Uh, I feel like people could argue it on either side. It's almost like a cheat in a way. But honestly, I don't know. It doesn't bother me at all. Like, and I don't think it should bother anybody. The guy's, you know, for what he's done, I think that, that could be a pass. I agree. So I'm going to say uh, that about wraps things up. Any other thoughts? Yo, uh, if anybody has a time machine, I, I'd like to cruise on back and avert a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, send me an email. You know, we'll we'll write some historical wrong. It, it, it is kind I mean, of sad that things like this don't happen anymore because things aren't as like tightly wound as they were then. But I think this is also a cautionary tale of uh, what happens when these things go awry. So. Maybe it's. I will say it gave us one of the coolest issues of Freak Force. Freak Force. Basically, you mean Wildcats? I mean, the Wildcats issue. Well, okay. I'm calling it Freak Force, though. Uh, we never really got to see Eric. Craig Freak making Force. jokes. It's a. It's I, a you weird. know what? I agree, we, though. I agree. You're right. This is like an Eric Larson drawn Freak Force issue. We never yeah. got to see him really draw a Freak Force issue, and it's kind of as close as we get. You're right, dude. I'm okay with it. That's a good. If I was point. a Wildcats fan. I might not be okay with it, but as a, as a Eric Larson fan, it's as close as we're getting to him drawing Freak Force. Huh? Take that, Vic Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you, fellas. Yeah, this is a long retro episode. I'm not sure if it was a good idea to do them all at once, but. But we did it, and it's done. It's done. It's over. On to Freak Force, which uh, will probably be next retro episode. Nice. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye.